Raw, 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 raw. This is Research Software Engineer Stories, coming straight at you from USRSE, the US Research Software Engineer Association. Welcome to RSE Stories. I'm Miranda Munt. I want to start today's episode with a small disclaimer. This episode covers Supercomputing 2022, and some of the views expressed in this podcast are not representative of the General Supercomputing Committee or its sponsors, IEEE and ACM. In this episode of RSE Stories, I interviewed several past early career program participants about their experiences in the ECP program. In this episode, you can expect to hear both from single participants as well as a small panel of participants about their previous experiences. Our first guest is Sameh Abdullah, who's here to talk to us about his experience in 2019. Sameh, please introduce yourself. Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Sameh Abdullah. I'm working as a research scientist at the Extreme Computing Research Center at Chaos Saudi Arabia. Very far from US, but uh, just far from the distance, but not uh, from the community. Great, thank you, Sameh. So um, I know that you attended ECP in 2019. What made you decide to apply for it then? Okay, at that time I was moving from my position as a postdoc to research scientist. It's a little bit late to attend this early career. I just, I just, I, I should join this a little bit early, but I think uh, coming late is better not to uh, to do things more than not come at all. Yeah, I attended this just to see how can I make more communications, how can I communicate better with the community, how can I uh, extend my uh, uh, connections with with the HPC community to have more collaborations. Uh, since at that time I was involving on monitoring some students, also how can this uh, kind of program help me to improve my ability to monitor students in a different way. So a lot of reasons at that time. Great, Sameh, that's fantastic, thank you. At your experience with ECP, I know it was the last in-person one, Uh, What did you find valuable about it? What did you uh, learn or what did you experience? Yeah, at that time we had the the committee of of this program had some uh, agenda for us. I think all of it uh, was very important and I enjoyed it uh, so much. So I remember I just uh, went back to my emails and things to remember what, what was the agenda. I remember that we have one session about the career development and how we can develop our career and what's the next step so usually you need to think about what's your next step before going to it so that you can plan for it very well we 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 had another session talking about the professional communication and how to communicate with the people around you and how to make a first impression uh, to the others very good i hope i did this with you today so the third point is about the leadership so in, in, in research or even in industry, you will have one time when we become a leader. So you need to plan for that and you should have some skills to lead some persons under you, some people under you, maybe students, maybe employee, but at the end you should have these skills. And the last session was about monitoring students and how to be able to jump from one project to another and to be focused with with each student, for example, so that you can uh, help him on uh, leading his research to a success point. 
Was there something that was not part of the program that you would have liked to see or would have liked to learn? I think the program uh, at that time covered everything. We, uh, because of the time, because of the limitation of, of the time, I think we didn't get the chance to do some practical uh, things that they planned to do, like the resume. They asked us to bring resume with us so that they can review it, maybe improve it. I think if we have this kind of practical sessions next to the, uh, the presentation, I think this will be more helpful for the attendees. Makes sense. I can tell you that this year we do have some practical sessions planned uh, and hopefully we'll be able to get those in given the you know time restraints that we have. My last question for you, for anybody who's interested in applying this year, why should they apply? What would you tell them if they were interested and on the fence? Yeah, um, let me first uh, say something about when to apply to the ACP. So I applied very late, as I said at the beginning. So I think maybe the students should start as early as possible to, to, to join such a program. It will help them at least to understand what's the next career and think uh, more about the future more than what, what they have uh, now. Why I need to go there if I think that, okay, I, I need to, uh, to have some skills related to my next career, I, I, I will have some leadership that I need to improve. For me at that time, as I said, the, I start to monitor some students and I want to see if this program will add something to me. And actually it helps me a lot to have different view to the students that I have. So after, after this ACP on SC19, at that time, I had only one student. Now I have seven students. I have two postdocs. I think I'm doing a good job. I'm trying to go back to the presentations, maybe to remind myself about some skills and some behavior that I should to keep during my leadership leading to these students. So I think it's very important to everyone to think about his future, to improve himself by joining such program. Thank you so much, Sameh for coming and talking to us today about your experiences. We'll have another guest up next to talk about their experiences with ECP. Thank you so much. Our next interview contains a panel of past participants. We have four people with us today, Jean-Luca, Silvina, and Hong, as well as Valeria. We'll go in that order and let them all introduce themselves. Jean-Luca, please introduce yourself. So, hey, I'm Gianluca Bies. I'm a Brazilian. I'm a postdoc at Lawrence Berkeley National Lab uh, on the scientific data management, management group. And one fun fact about me is that despite being a Brazilian, I don't like soccer at all. Oh, that's blasphemous, Gianluca. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next we'll move on to Silvina. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello. Um, good afternoon. My name is Silvina Caino Lores. I was also born in South America. I am from Uruguay, but I studied most of my life in Spain. That's where I got my PhD. And I'm currently a research assistant professor at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Thanks, Silvina. All right, and last but not least, Hong. Uh, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me, I'm Miranda. So um, I'm Hong from Stevens Institute of Technology, assistant professor there, doing something about HPC and uh, machine learning leading a group of like 10 PhD students for China. I actually originally from China and then I like ping pong. Yeah, <laughs> different from like uh, San Luca, yeah. <laughs> All right, Valeria. 
Hi, my name is Valeria Barra, and I'm currently a research software engineer at Caltech. Thank you, everyone. We are very excited to have you all here today to talk about the Early Career Program. Now, in the same order as before, when did you attend the Early Career Program? That is, what year of SC? Gianluca? Uh, I attended last year, so SC 21. Silvina? So I was actually attending virtually because I attended 2020. Huh? Um, I attended uh, SC 2019, I believe, the time that's not like a virtual. Valeria, what year did you attend? I attended in 2019. All right, so again, in that same order, why did you decide to apply to the early career program for each year that you uh, all went and attended? Gianluca? So, I mean, I've, I've been participating in the supercomputing conference since back in 2019, so that was my first time attending the conference, seeing everything that was available for me there. And I was approaching uh, towards the end of my, my PhD. The pandemic came back in 2020 and everything went virtual. Back from them, I finished my PhD and I still wanted to collaborate and see what the conference could offer me now in this new step in my career. And the early career program presented itself as a great alternative for me to move forward. So that was my main motivation to attend the program. Thanks, Gianluca. So the main reason why I decided to apply is that uh, right in that day, uh, in that year, sorry, I moved from Europe to United States and I had a um, very limited opportunity to connect with other, um, other people in the field because of the pandemic. Um, so I thought that you know, I needed to figure out a way to talk to other colleagues. It was my first year as a postdoc as well, so I felt a little lost uh, with, uh, you know, the new duties for my role. And I thought it would be, you know, a good opportunity to learn both the uh, research ecosystem in the United States and also um, to find other colleagues that might be facing similar similar challenges. Thank you, Silvina. Hong? So... I actually attended SC every year, uh, starting from 2012. So then I become an assistant professor in 2017. I know SC is the one of the best venue for me to, to you know meet so many people. I have so many connections there. And then the real thing that triggered this registration for that is because I received an email from I think a program committee chair. And I saw the people that I know, I think they have uh, Kathy, Yalika, Christopher Johnson. Those guys uh, are very well-known people in my community. And then I feel it's good to, to learn, you know, those kind of devices from those folks. And that's why I registered and attended, yeah. Yep. All right, Valeria. Yes, so I was also very early, maybe it was at the very beginning of my second year of postdoc program and I was in a new area of research for me because I hadn't worked in HPC before so um, I thought that attending supercomputing was going to be a great opportunity it was my very first supercomputing conference and when I saw the early career program I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to meet other researchers and early career scientists in my field and make connections. So um, mainly for the networking opportunity, but also because I felt 
quite a bit lost in, and during that time um, I actually didn't know if HPC was the right field for me and I was exploring options so the, H, the, the early career program was really really great in that regard yes Thank you so much, everyone, for that insight into why you decided to attend the early career program in the years that you each individually attended. I know we have a mix of people here, some who attended virtually due to uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and some who were able to attend in person either before or prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Just as kind of a group, those of you who attended in person um, versus those of you who attended virtually, what, what kind of differences do you think maybe came out of that? I think I can kick in because uh, I've been attending ISC so many years. Actually, I've been in ECP more than once, I believe. My feeling is that they are completely different, okay? Let's be nail the, you know, tongue first. <laughs> so for in-person, you physically see each other, you see the facial expression, you can have some social time, you know, you have uh, divided into groups. I, I met quite a bit of friends there who are later my great friends, even not like collaborators, but some of them I, I, I know, okay, I should, this should be the role model for me to look into. That should be the way I should, you know, take. It's more sort of penetrating my, my mind about uh, the impact is, is deeper versus um, I think virtually it's more like a group meeting on something like that. I, I guess that's, that's, that's my feeling. So, so in conclusion, I feel in person is more impactful and uh, create a lot of hidden ways of, uh, you know, social connecting versus the a virtual way that you feel it's just a task that, that they should do. Yeah. Thank you, Hong. Go ahead, Selena. Yeah, so, I mean, I never attended in person. One of the reasons why I think I might reapply this year so that I have a solid chance to actually see some people. But I must admit that during that time in which everything was happening virtually, but it was still uh, quite quite hard to feel, you know, this uh, humane connection. I actually felt much less isolated, um, even if it was spiritually, because, you know, we were attending um, talks about, you know, uh, funding and writing proposals and so on. But we also got to learn a bit about the experience of other researchers or senior researchers. And, you know, there was a little bit of talk as well and mentoring with other colleagues. So I think it was it was a good opportunity, even when it was virtual, but I cannot compare. <laughs> I can go ahead next. Uh, so I do resonate with what Sylvina said, because though I have participated in SC in previous years, at least once in person, my only time attending uh, the DCP program was during 2021. And I was, despite being in the United States, uh, I wasn't able to travel to the conference. So I did attend remotely a little bit closer than back home, but still moving into to the US, it does, it did give me some opportunity to connect with people, even though virtually it's not the same. We know that we don't have those chances of bumping into people during cough breaks or just discussing or chit chatting about career and everything like that. But the way that I think the DCP program was organized it gave me some of the insights that I was, I was looking for and some of the opportunity to connect with different people as well, of course, considering the limited scenario that we had. So I do hope I, I get a chance to participate again this year to see how things will be in, in, in person and how will that be probably 
more, let's say, humane, where you can get the chance to to connect and see face to face and exchange ideas and exchange uh, some tips about uh, early career year. But still, I think it was for me at least was a very uh, good experience, and I did take a lot of profit from it. Thank you all of you for those insights into that virtual versus in-person uh, style. For those who don't know this year, it will take place in person, at least as of right now. That is what we know, pending more changes, of course. My next question actually leads into something that some of you were already hinting at uh, in, in your previous answers, which is what do you think was your biggest takeaway or the most impactful thing that you learned as part of your participation in the early career program? Jean-Luca. I mean, there there isn't just one thing <laughs> that's 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 the good of the, the the program. There are a couple of things for me, especially coming from the U.S. and having a different uh, system for writing proposals, granting, and all of that uh, inside the mainly the research lab, which is the the place that I'm working in, sort of gave me a glimpse of how things work, and that that was very helpful. But apart from let's say the sort of more bureaucratical or organization part that I got some some very good information and insights. What really brought my attention and I really enjoyed was seeing some other scientists and researchers and workers from, from different industries sharing their, their lessons and their paths that sometimes we think that's something I still remember. We think that it's a straight line from when you just graduated to whatever they are now, and that's not the case. So there are up, ups and downs, turns, and everything that comes unexpected along the way. And it's good to have that sort of history and uh, perspective that's been shared by people that have uh, already gone through those paths with someone that's just starting to walk uh, on that direction. So that was a really good perspective and insight that I got a chance to uh, hear. Thank you, Jean-Luca. All right, Silvina, you're up. So I second uh, everything that Gianluca said. Um, there are many aspects that are uh, that are positive uh, for me specifically. You know, understanding the funding framework in, in the United States was key because it was the first time I was exposed to that, and I, I feel like I have a much better understanding of that now that I have to write my own proposals. So. It gave me that first point of contact also with, you know, NSF directors, with people working in industry as well. So I think that besides that, the ECP program reminded me of the importance of networking because, you know, we were in the time in which we were, as I said again, like very isolated and it was a good refresher that, you know, everyone has their own story, everyone has their own, their own path. Uh, and there are many options. You just need, you know, to find the right support, and you need to actively work towards the development of your of your own career. And that was um, something that I really needed to be reminded of at the time. Thank you, Sylvina. Han. So we asked this question. It actually reminds me about the talk um, that I, I attended that, that that year. I think. Well, first, let me first say I echo what. Uh, uh, Gianluca and Silvana said uh, pretty much there are two things. First is the the real meat, like uh, some advice, right? So how to do time management, how to deal with your advisor, how to write proposals. Another thing is about social. We get connected with, uh, as what I said, this in very famous researchers, and then you know 
nobody knows nobody knows when they put you know get connected again with you and then but I, I believe this is the root the, the seed to start with so what i like to talk a lot is i think i remember there's a talk in that year is a gentleman from intel he told us that he actually has some academic enemy you know how did he you know deal with it so nobody know what is the conflict I, I pretty much forget but he tell us that as a junior guy you don't have to worry too much about those kind of conflict as long as you do good work and then later on you're still gonna find a way out it's the same as uh, how you deal with personal relationship is the same as academic relationship that's quite encouraging uh, especially when sometimes we don't know how to deal with the different uh, you know conflicts or academic uh, relationships I think that quite impressive and we we fall into small groups and then different people share sometimes you have this uh, conflict with uh, another researcher or some competitors how do you you know transform your mind instead of you know Hey, this one is my competitor. Well, this talk, this paper is my com competing paper. I should kill it, or I should uh, protect it, right? Something like that. I think uh, when it goes to that level, that actually positions myself to a very positive attitude. It tells us that you have to be more unbiased, and uh, it tells us a lot of his stories that he how he grew up, and then he go to different companies, and how he managed to from this kind of hate or competition towards how to nurture the community. Those kind of very personalized, you know, story being very convincing to me, transformed my attitude of, of being educator to the community versus, you know, it's just some big slogans that shouting out, you don't really feel it. But once it goes to a real story, that's quite, you know, uh, you know, impressive. Thank you, Hong. I really appreciate that intel into intel. Huh. All right, <laughs> Valeria, go ahead. I think different from the other participants here, I actually, I did have some earlier exposure to some like career development workshops or programs, especially during my PhD program in the United States and especially also the postdoc. That program in particular, the ECP, I still remember some of the like very great tips that were given um, that maybe were things that might have been like overlooked in some of the prior programs that I participated in. For instance, I remember the CV review exercise. So we were paired uh, with just the person sitting next to you and we were going over the, the CV. And actually at that time it was funny, but I remember the person, literally just the random person next to me reviewed my CV and said, oh, I know your advisor, he's famous. I'm like, oh, really? So I didn't know like that he was really uh, known in the community that much that just a random graduate student would know like my advisor's name. And also I remember another exercise that was really, really helpful. It was about writing, it was about key professional communications and especially uh, that exercise focused on reviewing papers abstracts. So papers abstracts, everyone knows they're some of the most important parts of your paper. Most likely it's gonna be the only part read by most of the like busy people in the scientific community, but we don't usually receive great tips on how to write those or how to make them effective. And I still remember that exercise 
even though it's been three years now. And I remember that I learned some key points by reviewing some of the abstracts together. And we were like um, discussing ideas of improvement. And, and I remember that I actually also propagated some of those tips like later on that year, I was uh, collaborating with a graduate student who was about to submit their very first paper. And I remember like reviewing their abstract and say, hey, I actually now have great resources to help you write your own abstract. And, and I pointed this person to these resources. So it was definitely helpful for me and also for like um, my own mentoring experience. Those were all fabulous stories. And I thank you very much for sharing your insight into what you found to be helpful from the early career program. Now, I'm going to turn this coin the other way. Was there something that you wish you would have learned that maybe wasn't brought up or something that you hope they add to the program in the future? Silvina? So I think that, you know, given my limited experience, I'm sure that there are many things that I missed that in a, you know, in-person context, I wouldn't. But if I had to say something I would, I would just like more time or more space to just talk with with peers. You know, not just listening to seniors, but also learning from the experience of others that are, you know, at the same stage than you, or they have the same kind of limited experience as you have. There is a lot you can learn from your peers and, you know, building this kind of team or community feeling, I think it would be very nice. Thank you. Hong, you've been to several. Do you have any insights into this? Oh, yeah. So I think I can probably humbly point out two things that I feel would be very helpful. So I'm a junior faculty, so I hire students, right, PhD students. If we can also bring a board you know, we, I, I like uh, Sylvana's idea, right? So we have uh, some peer, you know, communications, more time, more space. But if we can also have uh, multiple sessions, the first session would be for us to learn something. The second session would be because I remember there is some ACM poster competition, undergrad students. So if we can bring them to us and say we can have some mingling to say we can find some great student that would be practically very impactful for the junior, junior faculties because for a lot of faculties they need just the one student to get tenure so that good one is very important and that would be very impactful for the career of the entire i think that's the first one i i, I think uh, we i think that's a big one maybe we shouldn't we can can we <laughs> hopefully we can try so uh the second thing is i feel maybe we can have for uh, savannah's idea um, so that um, we can have longer time, more sort of uh, communications, because for junior faculty, another thing, junior researchers, another thing is about the connection. We we tend to just be connected with our own, you know, maybe schoolmates or some people that we know. If we can have longer time, more communication experience, this might lay some early year, early stage topology of your connection that kind of benefit for your lifelong research. Who knows, maybe you connected this 50 or 30 years later, he's gonna win the Turing Award. Well, that could help from, you know, more time, more communication, stronger ties, instead of just a very loosely um, connected. 
Thank you, Hong. Some great insights from somebody who is a repeat offender of the ECP program. Valeria? I don't know if I have much to add. Perhaps it's been like a while for me, so perhaps I don't exactly remember my like fresh feelings back then. But maybe as other others might have mentioned, the ability to stay in touch with the people that you connected with during these types of workshop like would be great. Because yeah, often what happens is that you make great connections or you have these networking opportunities, but then as soon as the conference ends or as soon as you close your conference call, like bam, it's gone in a second. So the ability to continue and to foster those as like collaborations and just community, sense of community, it, I think it would be great. Thank you. At this point, I opened the floor for the participants to talk about anything else that might have come up during the conversation or any other extra stories or thoughts they'd like to share with you all. I can't stress enough the importance of um, using the time at SC to do networking. Um, all of you have mentioned pretty much the same. There is this need to establish collaborations to work with others, to learn from each other. And, um, you know, being all together, all the people from the field in the same place at the same time, is something that you definitely want to make the most of. And because there's a lot of times you really don't know where to go, what to do. And this is a good opportunity to start navigating that. I would say I mean, especially for those uh, undergrad students that are just starting their journey to try to join SC and interact, be as a student volunteer or just as a attendee, but they do get a lot of opportunities. And I mean, you can see yourself grow uh, from year to year attending a conference between your different stages. And that's what I felt, at least when I started as a PhD, like two years from completion, then one year for completion, and then getting connections that because of the those connections that I had in 2019, I actually got this position that I am here in the United States doing research. So I did see those benefits. And now that's why I wanted to keep going and see what else the conference can offer me in this new stage of my career. And I do know that there are plenty of things to discover, even though I've attended three times. We can see from other people that spend like a lifetime throughout the conference, uh, how things evolve and how you can get new connections, new experiences, uh, share new ideas, but also profit as a community and help others that are coming along the way as new students, as new postdocs, and like us, starting a new career. Yeah, I do want to share that I actually born the same day as SC. <laughs> That's a good way to celebrate. Yeah. I'm sure you can find a nice party. <laughs> Oh yeah. So I actually find one who was also born the same day. Uh, not the same day as SC, but the but I was exactly SC was created in nineteen eighty eight, November. So I was born that that time. November seventeenth. So that's clearly the, you were you were destined to be part of SC. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> so can we have SC birthday party? <laughs> I will suggest it. I think that's a great inclusion opportunity. <laughs> Oh yeah, so I love it. I mean, along with all my, I attended so many conferences 
as say is absolutely the number one, the best conference. Most recreational, interesting, you know, a lot of people, you know, the cutting edge things. And I feel very impressive when I was in, in Dallas, I think it's at 2019. They have uh, SC in 30 years. That's also my life of 30 years. So I was quite impressive, like emotional. When I say first year, second year, third year, you know, those kind of different whole fame of who is the general chair, who is the PC chair, and where the SC is growing, I, I really love it. It's, it's, it's a great moment, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely, I would just want to add to like all the great things that were shared. I also think, as um, Silvina mentioned, that especially for early careers and especially for like people like me who make career switches, like changing fields of research, um, I did it quite a few times. So every time I was feeling new and awkward and a bit out of place. Uh, these types of programs are really the best opportunity to mingle and like to have these types of mixers where really the years of experience don't matter. And that's how it should be, I think, in conferences. So that young early careers shouldn't feel like intimidated by approaching people or talking to them. So these programs are really a great opportunity. Thank you, everyone, for your wonderful insights into SC and into the Early Career Program. Thank you again to our four guests today, Gianluca, Silvina, Hong, and Valeria. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We have our next guest here on our Early Career Program Past Participant Interview Podcast. This is Dr. Bashir Mohammed. Bashir, welcome so much to the podcast. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me. So my name is Bashir Mohammed, and I'm currently a computational systems research engineer at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. And I'm currently part of the Berkeley Labs Cybersecurity R&D for Science and Energy in the Integrated Data Frameworks Group under the Scientific Data Division. Wow, Bashir, thanks for that background. Now, why don't you tell us a fun fact about yourself? Well, interesting. Thanks for that. So I speak six different international languages. I've traveled to over 19 different countries worldwide, and I've lived in three different continents. So I always tell people that, you know, <laughs> that that's one thing I'm really um, I'm proud of. I've lived in three different continents. And I'm currently pursuing my love for acting on stage in local theaters because I love acting. Okay, I have so many follow-up questions on this. What are the six languages? So the six languages I speak are Swahili, Spanish, English, French, Arabic. I also speak a bit of Russian and I've started learning Hindi, which is Indian language. Is so neat. And then the three continents, I, I am assuming the yes. uh, North America is one of them. What about the other two? Yes. So I was born and bred in western part of Africa, uh, which I grew up and I started working before moving down to, the, to Europe, to England, where I did my master's and PhD, and before moving down to the United States three years ago. So I'm literally three years old in the United States of America. You're an you're a American baby. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So then, okay, my final question on that. So you're pursuing your love for the theater. What play are you working on right now? 
Well, I'm working on a play about, about someone that immigrated from West Africa and he ended up moving down to Europe. He, so before getting to Europe, he had to travel past about eight, nine countries. So he moved from West Africa to North Africa, then from North Africa, he found himself into Europe, you know, and all that. And, you know, he, it was a bad ending because he ended up, you know, having some mental issues and he died. But we wanted the story of him because he was, his, he was from an educated family. His dad and mom were professors from Nigeria, but we want, we try to understand how did this whole, you know, just trying to reflect that story of immigration and how did it ended up in the bad way. I would definitely watch that play, if nothing else, because it sounds like a great opportunity to learn more about his experience and the experience of, of immigrants uh, throughout the world. Absolutely. Bashir, before we dive into some early career program questions, tell me, what's been your proudest moment of your career? Well, I would say, um, so when I first moved down to the United States three years ago, one of my main objective was to develop and improve my public speaking skills. And when I mean, when I mean public speaking skills, I'm very good at speaking at conferences, technical conferences. But when it comes to communicating, you know, my research, what I do to non-technical folks, you know, they don't tend to understand it. So I, I give myself that challenge that I wanted to, you know, improve. And I participated in a competition at Berkeley National Lab, which we call Berkeley Research Slam Competition. And out of 42 scientists and engineers, I was announced as one of the winners, which was, oh my God, I was so happy. And after that, that led to an invitation from the US um, Congress, US Capitol, uh, US um, Congress in Capitol Hill in Washington, DC. So I was invited to give a five minutes compelling talk you know, about my research. So my audience were people like Nancy Pelosi, Randy Weber, Lisa Murkowski, Bress Wusterman. And that was one of the most proudest, you know, moments of, you know, my life, you know, giving talk, you know, to members of Congress who, you know, you know, um, they could make a change in terms of policy and, uh, and all that. So I think I would say my invitation to represent Berkeley Lab at the international slam competition at um, Washington DC, Capitol Hill, was one of my proudest moments. It is such a great story, and I'm so happy that you shared it with us. All right, so diving into this different topic or, you know, early career program topics. Yes. Uh, I know you've attended the early career program in the past. Can you tell us when you attended and why you decided to apply that year? Yes. So my first attendance was in 2019. That was the SC 2019. That's literally, you know, a couple of months after I've moved down to the United States because I came in 2019. It was an in-person event that was, you know, before COVID hit. So it was really one of, one of the most amazing experience I had because I wanted a program that could help me, you know, guide me towards navigating a successful career path and that was the early stages of me starting my postdoc, right? Postdoctoral research fellowship at Berkeley Lab. So I wanted that platform, I wanted that opportunity, I wanted that medium where I could speak to experts, you know, that have gone through the same process so that I can learn from, you know, their experiences and all that. And that could help me also in navigating, you know, moving up the ladder. So that was the reason why, you know, I attended the ECP. And that's what, that, was, that was the reason why I decided to apply. 
Thank you. It sounds like you already uh, kind of hinted at some of the things that you hoped to gain from the early career program. So can you tell us what was the most valuable thing or things that you did learn from the early career program? Okay, so I think one of the most valuable things I learned was having those sessions where you tend to speak to people or you hear from people's experience that are already successful. For example, I'll give you someone called um, Dr. Valerie Taylor. So she's in um, Argonne National Lab. She's had a successful career at the National Lab, as far as I'm concerned, and sharing her experiences, how she navigated you know, the whole process, having a family, being a scientist at National Lab, that was, you know, very interesting for me to learn, you know, some of the way she was able to navigate that and build a, have a successful career. Another interesting person which I had the opportunity to speak to was um, Satoshi uh, Masuka, Masuka. So he was very run, a very well-known, renowned, you know, in high-performance, HPC, high-performance computing. And he shared a lot of, you know, his experience, his career path, and some of the interesting work, you know, they are doing at, at that time. So, you know, meeting all of these people, and so this were like some of the presentation, the initial presentations we had. The next presentations were a mixture where we had the opportunity to speak to early, like very early, not mid or high career scientists, but early career, you know, folks from that, uh, scientists and engineers. So it was, again, it was a great opportunity to learn, you know, from everyone's experience, and me being my, you know, being new in the States, I was like, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to move up? What exactly do I need to do? Then lastly, I also had the opportunity to speak to my own colleagues, folks who are, we, we all attend, we all applied to come and learn, you know, to come and benefit from the same ECP program. So I had the opportunity to speak to them, to hear their perspective, what are their plans, you know, and all that stuff. So sometimes this sharing and networking is are some of the things I really like and appreciate. And it's some of the things I appreciate about the ECP program. Thank you. I have heard from several of the past participants that the networking was really one of the most valuable parts. Just as a curiosity element, are there still people from your year that you speak to even now? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I met a lot of people anyway there. But I think so far I met about seven people, which we became friends. We connected on LinkedIn. You know, we always exchange messages. Then even at SC, surprisingly, I even got a job offer. I met this, I met someone who is a director in one of these scientific computing facility in England. And she was like, oh my God, Bashir, um, I love the, your, uh, your expertise, the experience from what you've shared that you're gonna be working on. That sounds interesting and amazing. But if at any time, and she told me this, she whispered, if at any time you wanna, you decide to come back to the UK, I have a job for you, please contact me. <laughs> so she told me, you know, so I, I will never forget that. But I had people, you know, um, so I'm on the West Coast, so I had people that I kept in touch with in New York, in D.C., and, you know, it was a brilliant and amazing event, you know, to, to, to network. Now, outside of networking, what are some of the things that you learned there? Well, some of the things I learned there is, okay, so basically the mentoring, the mentoring, um, how to build um, a successful mentoring relationship. So as a mentee and a mentor, so as a mentee, you have your own responsibility to play, you know, once you are in that relationship as a mentor-mentee, in a mentor-mentee relationship. So I learned some of the responsibilities, my responsibilities as a mentee, 
what are the things I need to do, asking the right questions at the right time. These were some of the things I learned um, at the event. I also learned that taking opportunities, you know, when you're navigating up your career, some opportunities might come, might come once, you know. So once you have the opportunity, some opportunities, take them, but also don't take the wrong opportunity. Always take the right opportunities at the right time. You know, with that, you can always, you know, move up your, um, navigate or move up your career quicker. But once you take the wrong opportunity, then, you know, at some point you might feel, oh no, this is a wrong uh, decision for me. So these were some of the things I learned. Thank you, I appreciate that. Was there anything that you wish you would have learned or seen as part of the early career program that you hope they add in the future? Yes, I think one of the things I think will have been, okay, as at that time we didn't have, the only thing we had was this LinkedIn group, like LinkedIn group, which was created um, then for all of us to join and all that. But we never have th had things like maybe Slack channel or, you know, exactly. So, and you know, with the way things are going on right now, you know, sometimes rather than going to LinkedIn, a lot of people only go to LinkedIn when they're looking for jobs, right? But Slack is like something you work with, you know, every day or maybe any other application. So I think if we have that, you know, that will really be nice because you can reach out to anyone you want to reach out to. You can always Slack um, um, and anyone and ask questions. So I think aside that, I would say, yeah, I think the, the, the event was really perfect. It was really interesting and amazing. And it was beneficial to me, in my opinion. Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Now we're almost getting to the end of our interview, but I want to know, for people who are maybe on the fence about applying for the early career program, how would you convince them? What would you tell them? Yeah, so um, first of all, I want to say the ECP program has really been very valuable to me. I learned a lot of things. I got to network. I got to meet people, which I sent questions on LinkedIn and they responded. Some of them I reached out to them via email when I was having to make these career decisions about you know what to do, what area to focus on. The ECP program was something that really um, helped me greatly, to be honest. Thank God right now, um, you know, I've just got a, been converted to a permanent position, which is one of my career achievements, right? Because everyone wants to have, uh, from being a postdoc, now I'm now, you know, a permanent um, researcher, which is something I'm really um, proud of. So yes, the ECP was something that really benefited me, and I really encourage you know, um, young folks to take advantage of, of this and apply to uh, apply and um, get all the benefit that it comes with. Thank you, Dr. Bashir Mohammed, and we really appreciate you coming and being a guest today on our podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. This concludes our uh, early career program mini series for SC22. We encourage all of you who are listening to apply. The application deadline is July 31st this year, 2022, and you can apply online. That URL will be in the show notes. 